This podcast is a project of the Mass Cultural Council. We believe in the power of culture, the arts, humanities, and sciences to enrich communities, advance equity, and foster creativity. We learn not to make it other, because when you do it as other, it almost feels like you're doing a favor, like you know, doing something special and you're going out of your way or something like that. And we didn't want it to feel like that. We wanted it to feel like, no, no, they are giving us these great design challenges. Hi, I'm Anita Walker, Executive Director of the Mass Cultural Council, and welcome to Creative Minds Out Loud. Our guest today is Jay Cauldron. He is founder and executive director of Boston Fashion Week, and welcome to our program. Thank you. Now. We do not fund Boston Fashion Week. I want to say that disclaimer right off the bat, since so many of our guests uh, we do have a Grant McKean relationship with. But um, first of all, talk about how you got started with Boston Fashion Week. Well, uh, it was back in 1995, and uh, I had been covering New York shows for a while as a photographer and an editor, and uh, had moved here a few years back and realized that we could do something similar, like the, the, the way uh, you hear about the shows in New York City. Um, and I, 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 when I moved here, I didn't realize there was such an incredible uh, population of, of fashion people, fashion professionals, everything from models, fashion designers, hair and makeup, you know, the whole, the whole scene. Um, but it didn't have a, a, a central um, channel, you know, for all this talent. You hear, you know, things would pop up here and there and that would be nice and novel, but there wasn't sort of this presence of, a, of an industry or a community. And I thought that Fashion Week would kind of be that for a lot of people. It would be neutral territory where uh, young designers, established professionals, retailers, everyone can play and, uh, and really shine a light on the local talent. How did you uncover this um, invisible resource here? Well, it was kind of funny because I moved here in 89 and uh, it was actually because I had decided to move out of fashion. You know, I was like starting over here in Boston and I was starting from scratch and then uh, just by chance I started to meet all these great local fashion professionals and it just kind of brought me right back in because I was very excited about the talent here and it was uh, for the most part felt very undiscovered by most people so I wanted to kind of put it front and center. I guess it isn't surprising because there is such a creative undercurrent whether it's music, uh, visual arts and so forth. Oh, we have art schools and universities here so why wouldn't there be fashion? Yeah. And there it's uh, most people don't realize that there, there's a higher concentration of fashion design programs in the area than in almost anywhere else in the country. So there's uh, a lot of schools producing all this great talent and then uh, usually the idea was that they kind of moved on elsewhere and uh, we thought it was important to keep them here. So how long have you been doing Fashion Week now? Uh, we started, our first Fashion Week was in 95. And it certainly has become a much known event. Um, do you think it has uh, given uh, the designers and the industry more of a, uh, a sense of belonging in Massachusetts? I think, well, I think the thing that I'm most proud of is that it's become a tradition rather than something I had to pitch. <laughs> you know, in the beginning we had to really sell it and, you know, get people ex ex excited about it and want to participate. 
and now at right at the end of Fashion Week, we start getting inquiries about the following year. So uh, yeah, now I think people just want it and feel like it's theirs to, uh, it's their platform to use, you know, for whatever they want to do. Well, one of the, we love fashion here at the Mass Cultural Council, at least speaking for myself. Um, um, but one of the things that we were really excited to learn this year is that you became involved in a an accessibility project, and the Mass Cultural Council has really been leaning in on issues around accessibility through our UP program, uh, which is all about universal participation and uh, universal design principles. Um, so, talk to me about how you became involved in the accessibility project? Uh, well, uh, I was approached by uh, Malia Lazu, who uh, told me about the project, and she invited me, you know, uh, to be uh, one of the designers as part of the, the fashion project. And I, it, for me, it was really exciting because, I mean, Fashion Week for me was, has always been about accessibility, but of another kind, you know, giving designers access, giving the public access. And uh, also, as an instructor at the School of Fashion Design, I, I try to make sure our students are thinking about all the different markets they have. So it became this personal challenge for me. I was like, because I was the designer in the designer role and I was going to be matched up with uh, um, someone who would uh, be going down the runway in one of my creations, but it had to, uh, in this particular instance, it was Sherry uh, Blowett, who um, is uh, in a wheelchair. And it just became this incredible learning experience for me. And I was able to include uh, two of my students to go through the process with me. Because uh, I, like I said, I wanted them to be able to take away uh, this new way of thinking about designing for the body that's in a different position. You know, that's, it, it was funny how when we were going through the process, until we met with Sherry, um, we could not get away from the fact that we were designing for someone who was going to at one point be standing up. Like we couldn't, it, we were, tr it was so, like we were so trained on that, that uh, we kept, kept pulling ourselves back and rethinking everything, all the decisions we were making. So what are some of the other things you discovered you didn't know in designing in this realm? Um, well, I mean, part of it was again, the, you know, the positioning and thinking about comfort you know you I had she wanted a gown so I had I wanted to give her the sense that she could when she was you know talking to someone I wanted her to op be able to open up the dress and it feel like she was just there with this you know pretty gown on uh, but then she had to move you know she w needed to be mobile so we had to consider how that dress would kind of fold onto itself and then all of a sudden be streamlined so that she could just take off whenever she wanted to so and she was amazing on the runway she really I, I was amazed at how that that whole outfit transformed she twirled around I mean it was brilliant to see her have fun with it can you describe some of the other um, uh, gowns or um, articles of fashion that were designed for different individuals in this project? Um, well, a lot of it was built around being able to do things yourself. Um, so uh, things that would break away, things that had uh, closures in a different place. Um, they, I remember there were these uh, great kids who uh, would have uh, 
abil the ability to kind of open up the trouser from the inseam so that they can just pull them off. Um, then there were uh, again things having to do with mobility, so that I mean my my big one of my big challenges with Sherry's dress was the back because I wanted it to flow, but then I had to consider the wheels, and I didn't want accidents, you know, <laughs> jamming up the wheels. Um, so, but everybody kind of took a different slant. Some uh, there were uh, also issues around um, uh, e emotional issues about being comfortable in different environments um, and, and dealing with people and, and having clothes provide a sense of comfort. Um, yeah, th there was, everybody took it in a slightly different direction. You know, one of the things that we always uh, think about when we think about universal design principles is that when you make uh, something easier for one person, you actually make it easier for everybody. So oh, who hasn't used the curb cuts? Who doesn't push the uh, automatic door opener when your hands are right. full? Uh, did you discover some techniques that... For one thing, I can't reach the zipper in the back. Why do they always put them where I can't mm -hmm. reach them? Exactly. Did you discover things that could make it easier for everybody to get in and out of their clothes? Oh, definitely. The one major thing that uh, that that we that involved that skirt that I mentioned that kind of opened up and closed was a magnetic closure. Um, you know, she didn't have to fuss with anything. Um, when she laid both sides in her lap, it automatically, the magnet automatically synced up. So something like that where it was kind of effortless, you know, we didn't want to make it, oh, she has to untie things or snap things and take things apart. Um, that that was, being streamlined like that was, was a big part of what we went through, so. We also think about the fact that um, a lot of people who may uh, find things challenging certainly wouldn't consider themselves disabled they wouldn't raise their hand and say that's me but as people get older or or for a variety of reasons even buttons could be difficult oh, for, uh, for your fingers yeah. or just people with clunky big hands i cannot do the iphones with the thumbs i have never been able to figure out how to do that but uh, some other techniques the magnet you mentioned some yep. some of the other ideas you came up um, with well one of the things also with the with the gown was uh making the gown in two pieces so the the bodice went on first and she could do that herself and then the skirt went over it and and it just wrapped around and again took one of the things that was kind of interesting is i originally had thought of the skirt as going over the 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 whole wheelchair and uh, that just was not practical so we ended up splitting the skirt so that it was actually the front and the back were not connected so the back gave her that little uh, sort of uh, twirl at the back, you know, and it didn't interfere with anything, and then she had the front to control. So that was a, another factor, kind of breaking down. And that's all actually, when you look at fashion history, uh, a lot of gowns, old gowns, like, you know, um, 1800s, 1900s, were made like that, were made so that you can um, have them uh, cleaned and have separate pieces. So, so that was, again, something old, making it new again and giving it a different function. One of the things I love about this story is um, um, we often talk about how, you know, when we're talking about accessibility, for example, in buildings, you know, we always think of those ugly ramps, but they don't have to be ugly ramps. They no. can be beautiful entrances. And, yeah. and the same is with clothing. Just because something is easier or is adapted to make it easy for somebody who uh, uh, may be in a wheelchair or, or whatever, it still can be beautiful. Oh, definitely. Um, some of the other, you talked about some of your students working with you. Uh, talk about their reactions. That that was a real treat for me. I mean, A, I, I love being in that sort of teaching environment and, and working with uh, young people. 
Um, but they really brought, I saw them experimenting. I thought I saw them testing out ideas and coming to, you know, like we, we made it very collaborative and they brought their ideas to how to solve certain issues, you know, because they're not really problems. It's just thinking differently. It's like, you know, thinking about the challenge of dressing anybody um, and, and figuring out different ways of looking at it. So they, they took it places that made it very interesting for me and they experimented a lot. We got ideas for other things too, you know, happy accidents where we would experiment with something and go, oh, that would make a beautiful, uh, that would be a be beautiful way to tie that garment or you know, things like that. So, Do you think that there, this could almost burgeon into a new field of fashion design? Well, the one thing I, that, that, I, that I learned throughout this process is that um, we learn not to make it other, yeah. you know, not necessarily, although of course there are a lot of people who specialize, you know, in different parts of, you know, uh, apparel. One of the things that was important for us was to integrate it, like to just make it part of the thinking and not make it, oh, I'm doing, because when you do it as other, it almost feels like you're doing a favor, like, you know, doing something special and you're going out of your way or something like that. And we didn't want it to feel like that. We wanted it to feel like, no, no, they are giving us these great design challenges. They're saying, um, I need to do this this way. I have to deal with this. And we had to, as designers, sh uh, solve those challenges. And everybody loves great design. Everybody <laughs> deserves great design. Definitely. Oh, well, I want to thank you for joining us. Jay Calderon, founder and executive director of Boston Fashion Week, another one of our creative minds out loud. To learn more about this episode and to subscribe, visit creativemindsoutloud.org.